seekers, explorers, and rule breakers out there. Welcome to the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, ever heard of the concept of law of attraction and uh, all the advertisements on Facebook, etc., and other social media that get rich quick schemes. These programs are often based on thinking and visualizing what you want in a very uh, kind of tangible fashion. So if you want a Ferrari, you visualize a Ferrari. However, that's usually only half the story. What they neglect to tell you is the why. Why would you want that Ferrari? It's not so much to do about the Ferrari, but why you want it. Is it to feel that you have status? Is it to make you feel secure? Uh, Whatever it may be, when you do that visualization, you often need to also feel the why. And that could be the tricky part, because if you don't get that Ferrari, then uh, perhaps you get disappointed. But that's not the point. It's how you feel when you have that Ferrari. So that feeling can be then satisfied by perhaps having a different type of car or something entirely different as long as that feeling is being satisfied. So in this episode we'll discuss some of the challenges with the law of attraction and law of resonance as they need to work in conjunction with each other and of course we discuss the very important the negative aspect of law of attraction Uh, if you can attract the positive you can certainly attract the negative as well so be careful what you wish for so for now I'm going to let you delve into the discussion and uh, hear the wisdom come from our audience and uh, hopefully you get some nuggets of gold out of this discussion enjoy hello and welcome everybody today we are talking about the law of attraction um Many times misused, abused, and thrown around like a, a an old rag doll. Um, it has been a term that's been in the uh, in the uh, culture of New Age and uh, personal development for eons at this point, but. Uh, It's been misconceived in many respects. So um, this podcast, this discussion, I want to have an opportunity for everybody to talk about law of attraction quite openly and without prejudice or judgment. And, um, you know, for us all to understand how we can use it and in what respects is it useful. So... Roy T. Bennett said, where you stay focused on will grow. And there are many respects to that. Um, and when we look at the law of attraction, you know, what is the idea really? And there are, law of attraction really comes from the New Age movement um, and derives from uh, writings in the early 20th century when people start looking at uh, mind over matter and mind-body connection. And uh, the term was first used 
you know, later in the 70s, 60s, 70s. And it's really when they started formalizing or formulating the 12 laws of the universe. And law of attraction was one, one of these that uh, was created. So law of attraction is really the idea that you you attract what you or you 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 basically have to think about what you want to attract and then you attract it so the 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 common misconception is that as long as you think about it then it will happen for you um and there is certainly more to it than that so i thought we could uh, start off with is is this the formulation or the idea that everybody has? Does anybody feel that they've tried law of attraction as a means to quote unquote get rich? And uh, how has it worked? And um, has it not worked? I think it's something, uh, Christopher, thanks for bringing this up. I think it's something that a lot of people end up really torturing themselves over because I think what you said is absolutely correct. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions and the real truth is that um, when you really go into personal development and new age, the goal is to walk that path back to yourself. And then that's the best reward you can have ever. But a lot of times we get misled and go down trails thinking we're gonna have um, happiness or, or contentment or, you know, relief from our problems by just thinking things into existence. And yes, it does have to happen at a beginning and a thought, but there also is a lot of other, I would, wouldn't say nuances, but just practical, um, components to it that get missed and left out, I think. So I think it's a combination of things. It isn't all that. I think it's, it's part of what finding what you want in life, um, but I think a lot of people have been mis misled to thinking that's it. Yeah, and it's 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 like we, we are missold. And I think there are certainly teachers out there. And I, I'm uh, certainly grateful for having come across, you know, Mike Dooley, for example. Uh, and But if you look on Facebook and so forth, most of the law of attraction concepts out there talk about get it's kind of like get rich quick scheme schemes right um and certainly for me when i tried one of those out it failed miserably and i couldn't figure out why the heck does this not work you know it's supposedly uh, foolproof right so it's when you go for me that was a one of the processes I had to go through. And actually, <laughs> at one time, I asked my mentor, I was like, I don't understand this. You know, I am focusing on what I want to happen in my life, and I'm not manifesting it. And she's like, yes, you are. And that was it. She didn't say anything more. I was like, what does <sighs> she mean? And then I was like, I'm manifest I have all this crap happening in my life, and all these challenges being thrown up. What does she mean? That, well, duh. <laughs> Obviously, I was focusing on all the crappy stuff in life, and that's what showed up, right? So 
law of attraction really did work for me, but there was more to it than that. When we look at really who is it that wants something, who is it that desires something? So when we look at who we are, we are made up of all these different aspects, right? So we have the physical body, we have our energetic body, we have our awareness, we have our conscious mind, we have our subconscious mind. There's so many aspects of us that are a lot of times of different wills. They're pulling in different directions. We're incongruent. So one of the first things I felt I had to do was to become congruent with myself understand you know what where is their energetic uh, or subconscious uh, limitations or limiting beliefs and a bunch of that i've only recently started to uh, unearth and discover uh, many parts thanks to barbie who's in the group here for her, her work with me and i appreciate that thank you barbie um and it's once i started doing that then things started loosen up but it was only because most of us sit there and we focus and we concentrate on say a house you want to buy a house right so we focus on that and that's in our conscious mind and we just focus on it, focus on it, focus on it. And when it doesn't happen, we get disappointed. And then we start focusing on the negative, right? So then- Yeah, and I, I think what you're also catching on to is that a lot of times if you, there's no congruency, as soon as things don't happen, then a lot of times individual people will have the tendency to wanna to throw the baby out with the bathwater to say, okay, fine, this none of this works. I'm stuck in this life. I just need to endure it and survive. Yeah. And I think one of the things I work with my clients on in coaching is to understand who are you? Discover who you are and then start looking at all the other parts of yourself that makes up in terms of who you are. Then you will start realizing how you can work with law of attraction. Now, if you look at the the 12 different laws, I'm not going to go through them all here, but they are they're all threads of the same weave. But I think one of the very important aspects of law of attraction is law of resonance. So you, law of attraction is it's kind of the intention that you set. So you set the intention, I want to have a big house. That's the what. Now, you have to establish the why as well. Because just wanting a big house, the universe doesn't understand, energetically doesn't understand that. You have to establish the why. So the why is, how will it feel when I have that big house? So now the universe is going to focus more on how you feel about that big house than the actual big house it's going to allow you to attract the experiences and the opportunities that resonate with how you feel. 
So you may think, oh, when I have that big house, then I will feel safe and I will feel at home and I will feel comfortable. But the universe might have an even better solution for you to feel that. It might be, I don't know, a smaller house, but perhaps a vacation house as well. So now the universe has presented you with two houses instead of one big house. Because, you know, there is a greater intelligence out there that presents us with the opportunities to experience that which we are. So law of attraction is not about what we want. It's about what we are and the intentions we set for what we want to be. So we bring what we want to be in the future into the present moment to be what we are. And that way we've actually brought the future already into manifestation because we have that within ourselves. Now, if you have an energetic body that pulls the other direction, then you're not going to necessarily be able to manifest that which with which you uh, uh, desire uh, as in your conscious mind you're going to basically have two two elements that cancel each other out because there's not that congruency within yourself so, so can you can you share you just shared a, a small comment there about the congruency your energy body or some other aspect of you could be pulling in another direction what does that look like for you? Um, for me, it looks like, you know, I really had to adjust my self-talk around things and, and how I, how I showed up in my mind, but what does that look like for you as far as that, as reconciling that congruency? Well, first of all, it's understanding who am I? So I came to the conclusion that I am my awareness. And when I look at the rest of me, as it were, from the point of view of my awareness, um, then I could see all the other aspects that is me. So if I have a karmic, karmic energy, uh, whether that being from this life, past life, uh, you know, my family or wherever it may come from, for example, if we talk about uh, abundance or money, for example, why am I not attracting money at the level I would like to? Well, there might be a karmic energy in my energy body that is saying that I don't agree with money. I don't like money, as money as an energy. So therefore, if I have that in my energy body, it's going to not attract i'm not going to be able to attract money because i can't feel it within myself so for example i used to and i've shared this uh, a few times before i used to in my meditation ask the lofty question what would it feel like if i was wealthy beyond belief and i would sit with it and i would realize after a while that I don't know. I, I really can't reconcile with the fact that what would it feel like? So then, and this is the next step. 
what is it that I want to do with the money? Money in itself is not something that you attract. You attract the result of the money. If we now look at the very popular, you know, get rich, rich quick scheme of law of attraction. To me, it was, I want to help people. You know, I, my massive transformative purpose is to help humanity prioritize passion. So for me to do that, I need, you know, to help humanity, I need a shitload of money. But that's my purpose, right? So now my question was, or my lofty question in meditation became, what would it feel like if I could help anybody anywhere at any time on my choosing? And I would have no limitations in doing that. Now that I could connect with, that I could feel. My energy body was totally in line with that. So when you sit and you ask yourself a question like that and you don't feel it, then, you, then you're incongruent, right? When you can feel it, that's when you have the congruency. That's when you're able to get it into your body and you embody it. And then the universe will get on your side and say, okay, you like that? I'll get you some more of that. I'll get you some of those experiences, right? Absolutely. So yeah, sorry, go ahead, Glenn. Well, and I think for me anyway, what you're describing as far as getting in touch with yourself, figuring out who you are, that's in and of itself a lofty question for a lot of us in, in that um, we've spent so much time chasing other people's dreams that when we have when we have time to pause or we're being asked to pause to look inwardly, it's a lot of unnavigated ground. And it's a pretty lofty endeavor and a, a lot of, there could be a lot of fear. There could be a lot of trepidation and there should be uh, some, you know, and, and not knowing how to navigate what you were describing as far as karmic past and, and things like that. I think that's where individuals, um, that's where you reach out and you look to, to uh, look for someone to get a lending hand. And I think you alluded to that in getting some help from Barbie and, uh, I think that's something we need to really, really share with people is that, you know, you're not alone, that there are people out there who can help you navigate that path, you know, back to yourself. Yeah. And you need help uh, kind of checking out your blind spots because we all have them, right? It Ooh, doesn't matter how, how, how evolved and advanced we are. We all have them. So Barbie, go ahead. Um, yeah. So a lot of this is also it's an interesting conundrum because I feel like I got to a point with law of attraction. I had bought all of like the Esther Hicks, Abraham channeled books, like about 10 years. And I didn't understand anything that she was talking about. And now that I'm in a space of being able to pretty much manifest in certain ways, almost at will, that part isn't difficult, mm -hmm. but I also find that there's a difference between manifesting as far as things go, tangible things in abundance and then the like people and connections because you look at you know a christmas carol it's got like ebenezer scrooge and scrooge wasn't scrooge because he wanted to be a jerk he was a jerk because he'd been so horribly abused by people throughout his entire life 
that he ended up taking it out on everybody. And he just decided that by sitting around with his piles of money, that those would make him happy. So I think a lot of times it's like we have this impression and that's what Glenn was talking about. It's the, the Western ideology of the buy, 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 buy. And the more products and more things that you have, the happier that you'll be. And then you have people that are less and less and less happy, the more items that they have because they don't have deep connections. And so that's the part that's, I think, also important as you were talking about with resonating yourself is that you have to resonate at that frequency of attracting other like-minded people that are like you. But if the world has horribly abused you in so many places, a lot of people end up kind of in their little, their little fortresses where their heart is shut down. They're kind of guarded. We're like now in our little spaces of where we can order things. We don't even really have to deal with people if we don't really want to. And so now it's like making that choice of, okay, based on the law of attraction, how can I attract people into my life that I resonate with also on an energetic level? And then voila, we're on a podcast like we are right now, where we're having an opportunity to talk to like-minded people. So that's been something for me that's been tricky is the, the people aspect versus the 3D reality of the tangible things such as abundance and money and, and things. Yeah. And the... I would add to that also that uh, once you once you kind of set your mind on attracting, because going back several years, you know, I would sit there and I would try to visualize having more deep uh, deep connections, right? But I didn't know what that felt like, so therefore it wasn't something I could connect with at that time, right, Barbie? So it's therefore I couldn't manifest it because it was just an intention. It wasn't, I had the what's, but I didn't have the why's, right? Is that what you mean? Absolutely, because I mean, even like I'm noticing that there's so many people now that, like, I mean, you have a podcast and your podcast is basically going to be broadcast out to the world. And then you're going to be doing a summit now in Australia. So that means that your information will then go down on that. So then you're going to have that information down there too. And then, you know, it pings from different places. So those, those words that you have that are in England are going to now ping pong all over the planet. So they're going to be all these different places. And then when you step into the best UTV, then your message even goes further. So having that opportunity your former self maybe couldn't even have imagined that your message would have gotten there. So we kind of sit in this little spot saying, okay, we have all these stories and you have such a wealth of knowledge, but then the ability to be able to take that wealth of knowledge, then be able to translate into reaching multiple people that you want to pull to you. It's magnetizing yourself. So, I mean, I realize that it really is magnetizing yourself and then clearing all your limiting beliefs. And I know we've discussed also that you know, in past lives, I know that everybody doesn't believe in that, but a lot of times in sessions, I will clear people's past lives where they've made vows and oaths and promises of chastity or poverty or whatever kind of vows. And what you're talking about is exactly, you're talking about the fact that there's no way you can be like, you know, Mr. Rich guy who can like, you know, donate millions of dollars to charities of your choice. If you made a vow of, of poverty that you would never have it because, ooh, money bad, not spiritual. So those are the things of where we, when we clear those things out, but that's also where I think that a lot of people are waking up now and wanting to almost create their own utopian societies, but that my professor, this is going to sound funny, but my professor at USM used to call law of attraction, spiritual pornography, because he said <laughs> that basically based on your karmic path, 
if you're sitting there going like, why don't I have a Ferrari? Why don't I have a Ferrari? But I asked for a Ferrari, but I asked for a Ferrari and now I don't have a Ferrari. It's basically a form of self-flagellation a la the Gregorian monks used to beat the shit out of themselves and they, you know, like to basically say, but I'm doing all this manifestation work and yet I don't have a Ferrari. So now I'm a person that doesn't know how to make the law of attraction work. So now I can make myself even feel worse than I did and originally when I wasn't asking for a Ferrari. So that is a dangerous part of the new age movement. And I think in some ways that's what you're talking about too, of where you need to focus on what's real, not the fake spiritual, but what is real and, and the alignment of all those pieces. Cause when it aligns, it's magical. I mean, being oh, able to manifest all I did last year, I just, it was like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah, I can have this. I can have that. I can have this. I can have that. And then pew, it's like for things that was totally easy. People and relationships and deep connections, those take time and energy and, and loyalty and commitment and time. And that's a whole other ball, ball of wax. Sure. And I think, I think the, the idea that, law of attraction is uh, spiritual pornography is is beautiful uh, I, i'll cherish that one for times to come uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is so true though because if you sit there now consider this energetically when you all kind of try this out for yourselves if you sit there and you say i want a ferrari i want a ferrari i want a ferrari and that ferrari doesn't show up what are you, what is the energetic signature, signature that you are broadcasting? And here's the answer. You're broadcasting lack because you don't have the Ferrari. So therefore, I don't have it. What you're saying is I don't have a Ferrari. I don't have a Ferrari. I don't have a Ferrari. So what is going to show up in your life is exactly what you're broadcasting. And that's lack. It's going to prove to you to you why you don't have a Ferrari, and it's because you're 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 uh, broadcasting lack as an energetic signature, right? Because that's what you feel, so that's what you resonate with, and that's most clearly the answer that uh, my mentor at that time gave me when I said I don't understand this. I'm not manifesting what I want, and she said, Yes, you are manifesting exactly what you want but so there's also the flip side where yours uh, you could have your energy body might be man or might be sending out the, an energetic signature of um of uh, getting uh, getting into a loving relationship but now your conscious mind might be doing negative self-talk saying oh i'm never going to meet someone i love and you know it's going to be it's because of this and this and this now you might end up in a loving relationship but you're also going to have with it the baggage of all the intentions you've set in your conscious mind right so this is where we need to be careful with what we wish for because it might actually come true they might actually show up. So I wanted to also, when we're at while we're at it, throw in the the discussion of psychology. So psychology versus spirituality here. So play a little uh, devil's advocate. Now, 
there's a concept in psychology called uh, uh, reticular activation system, RAS. So when you say, oh, I'd like to buy a Tesla 3, you start seeing Tesla 3s everywhere, right? Because you've told your mind, this is something I want to pay attention to. So now you start seeing it everywhere. Now you start seeing it everywhere, you start fantasizing about it. And you start feeling good about it. And you start feeling, you kind of, in your mind, perhaps you start feeling, hmm, I wonder what it would like to sit in one of us. And perhaps you even go to the dealership and you set yourself in a Tesla 3 and you feel it and it's like, feels great. And the sales guy or salesperson, saleswoman, whatever, comes up to you and says, you know, we have a special deal this week. And suddenly, it turns out that financially, you're able to buy one. So you've manifested your Tesla 3, right? Now, was that the universe? Or was that psychologically something that led you to that? Well, I'd like to just pop in in the sense of where if you're literally like that Tesla is like your, your fantasy car, you actually going to the dealership and sitting in it feeling the leather, feeling the steering wheel, putting the accelerant down, that completely puts it into a different vibration because you're actually feeling it, you're perceiving it, you know what it feels like to sit in it, to drive it. And so I think that for a lot of people, when they're manifesting things, that is a very positive thing to do. But I also think that it's, it's a combination of both because it's, it's that we oftentimes have desires that are placed in front of us that oftentimes aren't ridiculous. So even like from a perspective of money containers, I know Ken Honda talks a lot of times about the fact that, you know, you have certain money containers saying like, I want $5 million. Well, that's not maybe realistic, but for someone who's making 25,000, 50,000 could be, you know, a double and then a hundred thousand. And then from there, you get to a point of where you can expand to it. So what you were saying before is totally accurate. You were saying, if I thought to myself that I'm a rich man and I can afford anything that I want, what would that feel like? Your, your answer was accurate. I don't know. So therefore you're not able to resonate as to what that feels like yet. But right now you can resonate at what feels like to be comfortable, right? You mm -hmm. can resonate at what that feels like to be in the process of attracting more manifesting into your life abundantly as well. So it's also more about the allowing. I almost see it like the glacier, like you have the glaciers that start to open up. And once the ice starts to melt, literally that ice calves and the next thing you know boom all this water comes flowing through so it's really like breaking through pieces that allow you to step into that next expansive place and once you have that then all of a sudden you're sitting in that tesla but maybe it takes six months to a year before you can actually afford it because but you still have that in in your mind as to what it felt like because as you said it is the emotion and the intentionality and the 3d reality that becomes like this concoction yeah, so is it a psychological process or is it a, a spiritual process? No, I know where you're coming from, Barbie. So uh, you, you're going to say it's a, a, a energetic process, I would imagine. Um, am I putting words in your mouth or am I on the right track there? Um, I think it's a combination because, again, it's like, you know, if you're living in a certain, there are certain things. I mean, I live in California where there are certain people who have never even been to the beach. They live five miles from the beach and they've never been to the beach to some other person who's a world traveler that's unfathomable but to them in their little neighborhood 
that's all they need. It's their whole entire universe. So therefore it's like someone who doesn't venture out of the borders of their little universe, they can't even fathom that. So that's the part of our psychologically, we have to be seeing opportunities of inspiring stories to get us out of our own comfort zone to also know what is possible. That is very psychological. That is not energetic. And where people say, oh, don't brag, be humble, don't talk about things. Well, I need to hear about all this amazing shit that people are doing because the more amazing shit people do, the more I go like, yeah, I want to do that. Or, oh, that's so cool. Or if I do amazing shit, I want people to say, yeah, I can do that too. So that's total psychological and then energetic. And we wonder why the news put us down, right? Wonder why, wonder why. Glenn, go ahead. Well, I think something that we're hitting on is something that I really struggled with was learning how to feel safe in certain situations. And I think what we're hitting on is in order to make that happen, we got to figure out where we're at, who we are, what what do we really desire? You know, Ken Honda mentions the difference between Western questions that he gets versus Eastern questions is that in, a, in the Western world, he always gets questions about how can I get more? And in the Eastern world, it's always how can I become more content with what I already have? Interesting. And this path that we're talking about, you know, as far as law of attraction for relationships or money or different things, a lot of us have, you know, these old beliefs and these mental patterns that certain things aren't safe. It's not okay for me to have, or if you can't come from a life of trauma, there is also a level of, if I stand out, then I become a target. And so I think that this reticular activating system, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm -hmm. I don't recall the term, yeah. it is is a tool or is a, a way that the mind starts getting us a little more used to something and gives us an opportunity to, like you're saying, imagine yourself, how would I feel in that situation? And learning how to be okay with that and learning how to, to really feel it out. Because I think sometimes if you spend the time doing that, suddenly, for me anyway, there were some realizations that am I really living or desiring my own things, my own dreams, or am I actually being indoctrinated by, you know, society's desires and what we're told to be? And, and a lot of times it just weeded out a lot of nonsense for me. Yeah. And I, you know, when I started down this path, there were many a time I was like, what if I just kind of sold it all and went to a cave somewhere in the Himalayas or, you know, sat on a mountain on Mallorca somewhere and, and just meditated for the rest of my life, you know? And it was, you know, when you play with these thoughts that you start to go, well, actually, no, I don't think that would be, that doesn't resonate. So it's why I always work with my clients on is the um, message uh, when I was start when I work start working with them is to work on the um, ikigai or the massive transformative purpose to understand you know what am I passionate about what do I love doing what am I good at and what will pay, people pay for yeah so, and I think what or pardon me yeah. I think what what we're looking at or what I really struggled with was when you're taking that step in to look inward and see where you're at about things, what are we all looking for? The law of attraction, whether it's a new relationship, a new job, we're looking for relief, you know, a relief from what relief from the lives that we're leading the lives that we've chosen the lives that we feel we're stuck with. And a lot of times we feel like these things or these 
these happenings in our lives will will confirm that we're valuable they'll say that we matter and they'll provide relief and then a lot of times like what you're saying if you get them or if we're living out someone else's dreams there is no relief and it doesn't appear and and that's a downward spiral that, that can really perpetuate a lot of mental patterns that aren't aren't good for us you know yeah i think what when you and i think marissa pierce actually said this it's like once you get that tesla three then you drive it for a month or six months you know you're gonna start throwing candy wrappers on the floor and suddenly it's it's just the car it's just the vehicle it's a mode of transportation to take you from here to there now you can feel a little better about yourself because you know um you're, you're not uh, dirtying the environment as badly uh with, with your per or with uh, you driving a tesla but you know it's it's just a car so uh, barbie go ahead i would just so glenn i hear exactly what you're saying and i concur with the sentiment of what you're saying but relief i would say is a low vibrating um end result if you're looking at the happy end result what we're looking for I think for a lot of people, they're looking for connection and reassurance that the person that they are will be received. It's like, ultimately, a lot of people in the Maslow's hierarchy of need, it's like we want to be seen and heard and loved and accepted. But ultimately, I think that people who are on the like-minded consciousness, I think they want to be known. They want to be truly known by other human beings that really understand them. They really, really get them. So in some ways, I can hear what you're saying in the sense of it's a relief that someone gets you by the same token, reach for something better, reach for that, you know, that it's this juicy, alive, connected, warm, loving, beautiful space that you have created with, you know, other people that will be able to connect and receive you in that space, because that way, all the other things in some ways kind of melt away, because if you have people in your life that are amazing, you can have that shitty day, but you come home, you know, and you open up the door over the threshold and it's like all of that disappears because you know that you have these amazing people that are going to be there to receive you. So that's a completely different shift, but relief is just a low, low level thing. And I, I wish so much more for you, Glenn, to be able to, to reach for that, reach for the juiciness, reach for the juiciness. Cause that is part of that attractive part of like, the high level frequency that will allow you to kind of attach to it. Yeah, can I uh, suggest a uh, rewording re of that from uh, relief to uh, satisfying your uh, uh, your resonance? Absolutely, and and I, I was just contrasting um, survival where where we start in this law of attraction. I was just kind of referencing that point. That isn't that isn't where I'm at right now for my walk or my path, but. We all start somewhere, right? We all start in this area mm -hmm. where we become, we're dissatisfied or our life isn't resonating with us where there's messiness. And so we're seeking clarity in things and the things, and we're seeking clarity in the way that society and television tell us to that we're gonna find connection, we're gonna find value, we're gonna find worth. The contrast is, you know, that's survival, which is a life of just numbing, numbing, numbing. What we're really looking for, which is the that point of self-discovery, is thrival. And that's what Barbie and, and everyone here tends to is alluding to is that sense of really deep connection, not only with yourself, but with others. Glenn, did you just make up a new word? 
Did you just make up a new, that was amazing. You just said thrival, T-H-R-I-V-A-L, thriving and surviving. Thrival, I, can't take, I love it. I can't take credit for it. Um, a friend of mine whose name is Wildflower, she's the person I heard it from. So I love thanks, that, though. thrival. I do too. Well, and, you, and, you've just become a uh, promoter of the word. So uh, that, that's important too, so. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's... Um, no, uh, and uh, it goes back to what we were saying b- before about the incongruency that we get to a point when we are so incongruent that we, it, it kind of, it becomes like bottom, uh, rock bottom, right? And we just give up trying to force ourselves into this uh painted picture that is kind of an illusion that is a, a false illusion for us it actually because we don't resonate with it and we, we never did resonate with it but now the we're so incongruent that we are essentially splitting ourselves apart and that's the point of the awakening right where we then say what the heck am i doing and you actually start observe, observing yourself from a different perspective than your conscious uh, mind. Go ahead, Glenn. And I think another thing that, for me anyway, that was unaddressed that I think is uh, really shocking, or at least it was for me, was the amount of courage it takes to to walk that path, to be still, to get to know yourself, to hear your heart and hear your passion and to explore that. And it's so rewarding. Don't get me wrong. Like it's totally worth it. But in that initial step, it's like stepping off the high dive at at the pool for the very first time. You're just right at the edge of the diving board. You're looking down. You really want to do it. You see how fun and how everyone else is enjoying themselves, but you're right there. And wow, that water suddenly doesn't look quite as inviting. And uh, that's where your courage comes in. And, And I think there's something to the universe's grace that we don't get everything at once. How overwhelming would that be? <laughs> How much of a train wreck would that be? And so I think there is this time of getting used to and, and being there and being still. And I think the the maintenance or the, not the maintenance, I think more of the, the fuel for your vehicle and traveling your path is that daily meditation, that daily quiet time of just getting to know yourself and getting used to that sense of peace and, and uh, connection to yourself. And then for me, anyway, it gave me the courage to be boldly vulnerable with other individuals and to have the conversations I wanted to have with people and experiences. And I'll do you one worse. It's like jumping out of an airplane, not knowing whether you have a parachute or not. I have to agree. I love that analogy. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, terrifying. There are other stories of courage in this in this area of stepping stepping out yeah and i'm i'm, I'm sure there are plenty of them and uh, uh we will uh get back to that i did have a um question here in the chat uh someone said uh, i had a coma three i uh, was in a coma two years ago now i uh, have ms multiple multiple sclerosis i tried to do the max of attraction with health but it's difficult to visualize life without the pain so anybody want to offer any suggestions here to uh, our friend who asked this uh, 
question? There was some, there was, remember there was the guy that was in the wheelchair from uh, Switzerland that Vision talked to? Yeah. And I believe there was a quest specifically that he had been focusing on that he said was really, really helpful in regards to, because I, I think when you have, I mean, I've had a chronic illness for, you know, that was diagnosed four years ago and I made the reference to it that it was like walking around with a toddler, like a two-year-old toddler all the time they had to focus on. Mm -hmm. But I know that, you know, since doing a lot of the inner work, et cetera, it's probably abated about 70 to 80%. So I would just give like, you know, the, the advice that you start from where you are and then you really, really just start small. So even like, you know, when people are learning new breath work or 10X or any of these other things too, when you have to take that much care to be able to focus on your physical well-being that other people take for granted, you give yourself real credit for little milestones. So every little thing that you do that allows you to be able to continue feeling like you've made an accomplishment, even though to someone else who has, you know, what would be considered a normal body, for you, that's a normal accomplishment. And the more things that you prize yourself for, for overcoming them on a day-to-day -day basis, the more you'll find that I think that things start to shift and start to move because it's, it's, it's incremental when you have a physical ailment that's intense but then over time from incremental, it can become monumental because it's still every day taking new steps to be able to get to that next level. Yeah. And Sasha, did you have a comment to make regarding this? Energy is held in certain aspects of the body and where it's held and stuck definitely reflects stuck emotions, past life, um, experiences, things like that, and that as we start doing the daily meditation to figure out who we are and what we're awakening to both now and in the past to create that congruence, that it's through that awakening that we can begin to shift our personal vibration of that of moving it away from I don't feel good or I'm sick to going, okay, the vibration I'm wanting to focusing on is on health and vitality. And so it's needing to go back and go, okay, I've owned that and I recognize it and I love me for that. Now I'm going to focus on loving me now in the present and the most perfect being that I am and focusing on that love and that meditation. And through that meditation, you can raise that inner vibration to that healing in, in an instant. So it's just like manifestation, but we have to let go of the past and the fear and everything else that's holding us in the pain of now and that discomfort of now to what it is we want to be, you know, in, in truly in the moment and the future and everywhere else. So letting go of the old, but raising our current vibration to what it is that we want to feel, which is joy, health, vitality. So, and our body gives us those clues, whether, you know, you've got pain in the ankle, are you feeling hamstrung? You know, pain in the back and is, tends to be financial, or you don't feel like you've got someone supporting you. You know, hip pain is typically ancestral, typically on the maternal side. So, um, thumbs and wrists tend to be an inability, especially the, the elbows, inability to make decisions. So if you look energetically 
through systems and there's many different areas, uh, whether it be Chinese medicine or um, other aspects, there are very specific telling tales that our body will tell us. And sometimes you'll get glimpses into past lives as you start focusing on, okay. And the really crazy thing is if you really focus on that pain in the elbow and you look in your meditation and you look for the pain, you will never find it but you will almost always find a memory or a place or a person that will show up. And that's what you're there to resolve. And once you become okay with it, it disappears instantly. It's really crazy um, and powerful. So my two thoughts. Thank you, Sasha. That was uh, very insightful. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, it, it is so true that once you observe it, it has to change. It's it, it's quantum physics, so it's actually science. Once you observe a quark, it has to change. It cannot stay the same. Um, so once you observe the pain, it has to change. Um, and it it does. It is that process of body communication um, coming to you in the second one. And if you focus. If you're able to embody the elements through intention and feelings and engaging all your internal senses, then you're able to, at least in a meditative state, you can then move yourself into or bring that future element of yourself into the present. You may not be able to fully relieve yourself of that pain, but you will be able to bring some of that relief into that present moment. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, I think you're really hitting on something there that that resonated with me in that uh, I felt really stuck somewhere and I was stuck with a, a physical issue and I wasn't, I just wasn't getting anywhere with it. And I was really searching, searching, trying everything, just the shotgun effect. And it really took me slowing down and getting still and just getting in touch with where my body was and what, where I was with it. And suddenly coming to the surface slowly, I started to realize that I felt a sense of safety in being overweight and being fat and in not standing out and not, um, in not, uh, being noticed and, and hiding in that. And so I think, if you're coming from, you know, whatever your background is, one thing to explore is, do I feel safe with this or does it feel normal? Or, you know, depending on what your upbringing was, a lot of times hiding an illness was a, a way to, to maybe get attention that you weren't able to really receive any other way. And so being sick or fat or whatever that you're stuck is could be a the only way you know how to communicate or the only way you know how to receive that. And so for me, that it, again, it took just really getting still and, and seeing where I was and becoming a safe place to be and heal just so I could be more observant instead of as soon as I started noticing what I saw as a weakness, all of my ego would show up and say, time to take off, time to go do something else, time to find a find something to do at work and, uh, and just avoid it when really, boy, it's so much more rewarding just to, to face into it and face that dragon. But that's law of so attraction that would be my as suggestion. well. Yeah, and I mean, that's law of attraction as well. It's, you attract the solution to your challenge. 
Good point. So if your problem or your challenge is that you want to lose weight, it's my, it's not going to show up miraculously one morning you wake up and you've shed 50 pounds, right? Uh, it is going to show up as a solution of some sort. So I can use myself as an example, um, you know, for the past, I would say, probably 10 years, been uh, slowly but surely uh, losing my hair. And this mm-hmm. is one of my, my vanities, uh, freely admit it. <laughs> I don't want to lose my hair. Um, so it was one of those things I was trying to manifest that my hair would grow back out. Now, that wasn't miraculously going to happen. It could have, but instead, a a new type of therapy showed up, natural therapy, because I specified that I wanted it to happen quite naturally. So for me, it was a natural therapy that showed up. And, you know, I think it was like two months into the treatment, the hair started to grow back. And it's, yeah, it's a one-year, like, uh, treatment. And, yes, I'm going to have to work on it. But after that, it's not like Rogaine where you have to keep doing it for the rest of your life. Then I'm done. So that manifestation, manifesting that in my life, was to manifest the solution that would then give a, a... a uh, uh, or uh, working on something that would then give the solution, if you like. So it was the therapy that would give the solution, right? So yeah, I totally agree with that's the shift for me, right? The shift was not; it wasn't focusing on not wanting to be fat because you're right. I was totally manifesting that that whole issue for myself, and so I flipped it around and thought, what is it that I love about being fit? Mm-hmm. And I love being in the mountains. I love being out in the woods with my dogs. And I love that feeling, that vibrance of just tearing off into the woods and exploring and, and possibly stepping somewhere where no one has ever stepped before. And suddenly that that was so much more uh, that I resonated with, like you alluded to earlier, Christopher, yeah. is just what do I resonate with? So yeah, thank you. That's real insightful. Yeah. So we got uh, Sasha. That's um, absolutely one of the key aspects of realizing we manifest the the dis-ease because there's some aspect of it that is feeding a need that we have in the moment. And we have to recognize that and own that before we can move on. Um, We can't just say, I want this and just leave the MS behind. I have several people that I'm working with that have MS. And so coming to realize what is it about the MS that has served them so far in their life. And once we look at the different layers and they start releasing that, the movement that comes out of their body. I mean, I also was a hundred pounds heavier and I was trying to hide so bad because the people, I was a powerhouse from very, very young. And I scared the crap of all the adults around me. And they're like, you can't show up this way. You can't show up this way. You can't show up this way. So I, I hid and weight was how I hid besides 
you know, other aspects of myself. And it wasn't until recently I had a teacher get into my face and say, you need to show up or you need to leave. And it's like, you don't get it. Even in the martial arts, I was told to hide. The, the teacher of all teachers said, you have to hide. And if he of all people says, I have to hide, it's not safe for you, for me not to hide. And he's like, you need to let me be the best judge of what's safety for me. And I just went, okay, this is your event. And I opened up and showed up and everyone around me just did this big circle and went, holy shit. And I said, if you're scared, I can unpack this and I can put it back. And they went, this is terrifying. But at the same time, it's thrilling because we now have a vision of what we ourselves can do if we unpack our stuff and move forward and not try to hide different aspects that are holding us back. And so from that moment, I just kind of went, okay. Um, and, it, and the martial art aspect, they took the skills that I had and tweaked them in a way that made me hugely proficient in a new way with those skills, but no one else got to see them except those who had this very specific training. So they honed it to some incredibly masterful areas, but it wasn't until I said, okay, I'm no longer willing to hide because my intent at no point was ever to, to hurt or to cause discomfort, but it was to be authentic. And so when I finally gave myself permission to be authentic and to rub up against people and say, well, I'm not here to challenge or to create fear, fear but I'm here to help be polish and to polish not only my own mirror, but to help people say, we don't need to be quite so abrasive, but we'd also don't need to be so smooth like a rouge that we're not doing, you know, we're super fine polishing when we have to go deeper. Um, so having that reflection of ourself makes a massive difference and to not hide. I mean, I've, I've, I've hidden forever and I'm so glad that I came out of the closet. It, it, um, vibrations have radically changed and my healing work has radically changed. So looking at ourselves in that congruency again and vibration, it all, it is all intermixed. It's all intermixed. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Sasha. Appreciate it. Sherry, you wanted to? Yeah. Um, when I was young, I, I was a very pretty girl. And uh, I found that uh, people never saw who I was. You know, it was always, I was cute. They were, that was what they were attracted to. And I got to a point where I'm going, you know, I'm tired of this and I want to be taken seriously. So my, uh, my defense is I, to be taken seriously, uh, I remember thinking, you know, being old and fat is really cool because nobody, nobody thinks I'm a young, cute, brainless, whatever. And it's only recently that I'm realizing that, you know, I don't have to be fat to get people to take me seriously. I simply have to really learn to stand in my power and be there. And uh, it, it, it's, it's working, you know, I'm slowly, I'm 
pulling my health and, and my weight back together. But it, it was a, a matter of uh, that. I, I know that I have held things in. Uh, there were times when I would, I, I, as I started putting it out there, I could feel people starting to shrink back. And uh, it was not, um, at, at that time, it wasn't pleasant. And so I, I, would, I would like, you know, shrink up. And um, I'm just now starting to get to the point where I can feel that uh, I am. And I, I, have to, I have to accept and deal. I mean, um, like Barbie, I have, I have some bizarre chronic things and they're trying they're trying hard to uh, diagnose MS, and I'm trying hard to ignore it. Um, but what I, one of the things I do as I deal with the pain is, is I, I go into serious gratitude. And sometimes that gratitude is as simple as uh, I have gas, heat, and indoor plumbing. <laughs> but that—that's what really. You know, that's, that's what really works. I mean, like right now we've got like 18 inches of snow out there and I'm just really grateful that I still have power and, and, and it does, it does help. But yeah, the, the idea of uh, being seen and I never really thought that that was, that that was the issue because I don't have a, I don't have a lot of vanity, uh, but Wanting to be seen for who you are is a type of vanity in itself, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I suppose. You know, uh, it, it's like I, I've been listening to um, Eckhart Tolle because it's, it's a book that uh, we're going to do um, uh, in, in the book club. And he talks a lot about, you know, well, if you have to be right, or, you know, if you strive to always be right, you know, really, what difference does it make if you're right or not? Mm -hmm. and, and, and just the idea of observing that once you can observe something, then you can withdraw yourself from it. You know, the, then you can more, more genuinely be you if you go, oh, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's my ego acting up. And once you observe it, then uh, it loses a lot of its power. And I've been working really hard on being the observer. And uh, I, I, I have to apologize for being late, but I overslept. That's quite all right, Cherry. That's quite all right. And I think if we view experiences as energy, then we can understand the concept of, so if we take pain, for example, pain is an experience, it's a sensation. And if we view that pain as an energy, and we build up the energy of gratitude, as Cherry describes, then we attract more things to be grateful for. And we start attracting the energy of a higher vibration and higher uh, the higher feelings of joy and they they're not 
they're not congruent with pain. So therefore your pain has no choice but to lessen because you are flooding your system with these emotions that are incongruent with the pain. Does that make sense, Chair? Yes. Uh, and I'm, since I started doing my meditation, um, my daughter has two cats who are real squirrely. And they don't, um, they don't like anybody but her. And for the past almost week, these cats are giving me the slow blink and are you going to pet me? And that there tells me more about the shift that's occurring because, you know, they don't say anything. And the one, when I used to be, when I walk in the room, the cat would disappear, you know, it was like fine. And it, it purred at me yesterday. So uh, I, I can see where there's, there's, there's something, something very, very deep and, and miraculous going on. And it's basically, I, I think the basicness of it is, is the fact that I'm putting gratitude up front. And uh, yeah, I, 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 well, when that, when that new, um, there's a new electric van coming out, a hybrid van coming out. I want to say Toyota's doing it. You guys have convinced me I should go sit in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see if it, uh, if it resonates with you. Yeah, because uh, I, uh, my choice will then be either to find a way to uh, get enough money or lose enough weight that I could fit into a smaller car and not worry about it. Either one is fine with me. Yeah, and that's that's manifestation. That's law of attraction, isn't it? And it's yes. choosing what's resonating the most with us, right? And giving it a choice too. You know. Yeah. I can I I can either uh, uh, decide to spend the money on a on a van that, that big, or I can uh, lose enough weight where I'm happy in something smaller, which makes even more sense. And you're hitting the point that we don't care about the house. Mm -hmm. We care about the what's and the why's. Mm -hmm. This is what I want, and this is why I want it. Now, as you say, if that's, I have to get a smaller car, and that means losing weight, or to get that big car, it doesn't matter, because the end result is the same. Go ahead, Glenn. I think we need to come up with a word or a term that um, happens as you're, as Sherry alluded to, as you're going through life and you're appreciating the heck out of things and just pushing that forward. Something that happens is there's a sifting of, of your wants and, and looking for that and learning how to be content. And sometimes they just reconcile with each other. And uh, I think that's a lot of the beauty and grace of Again, the universe just having mercy on our our poor uh, our poor desires that we think we want in life. That uh, it gives us that little bit of breathing room to sift it through and to and to sometimes just be like, you know what, I don't really need that. I'm content with what I do have, and and you learn how to appreciate it. I think uh, we need to put that out there in the universe and see if we can develop a term for that that uh, helps us navigate this part of our journey. And I'm sure by next week we're going to have come up with a word. Uh, collectively if nothing else 
And uh, the the uh, book that Sherry was alluding to, I think, is uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, and that goes, it's really his works and his teachings I allude to when I say, you know, that you move yourself into your awareness and observe your own experiences. So when we talk about the different parts of who we are, the the part of me who I am uh, or I choose to be most of the time is my awareness. So I I take take myself to my awareness to be able to observe when am I thinking, uh, you know, self-destructing thoughts or when am I thinking in a way that is generating feelings that I don't desire to have so I can observe that and then be uh, I can uh, so to speak control those uh, you know the experiences I have because we can only control our thoughts of words and our actions so being aware of those how we do show up in that way and knowing when we are inauthentic and allowing ourselves to move towards an authentic place of being, which I think Sherry described quite uh, beautifully there. Once we can get all of those pieces together to know who we are authentically and to, to with our awareness, observe how we show up in life with our words, our uh, thoughts and our actions, when that all melts together, then we know what, what we want. Then we know what, our, what we desire. Because our conscious mind on its own does not know. So we need to get all of those pieces together and get them to be congruent. And then once you tap into that, the emotion comes by itself the feeling comes by itself because it exists within you already. And once you evoke that and you develop it, like we did in the, um, uh, in the meditation we did yesterday, you know, we manif- or we, we envisioned what we wanted to experience. And then we went into it and we fully engaged with it and we felt it and we understood it. And if that resonates with you, then that feeling comes automatically. If you visualize it and you don't have, and it doesn't resonate with you, you're not going to have the feeling. So then you need to try again. So observe yourself to find what is this that you actually want. And this is part of my big goal in life is to help humanity prioritize passion because a lot of us don't understand what our passion is. You know, we can say, oh, no, I know what my passion is, but I hate going to, to do it every day. Well, then that's perhaps not your passion. Well, it's the way that you do it that may not be your passion. So understanding who we are will then allow us to understand what we, what we want as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that alignment is the same alignment you have with if you've ever had a, a bike chain that was slipping and how frustrating it can be. And it just takes a few minutes, just get off the bike, get your tools out, tighten it up and be on your way. But that living in that is, I think the norm for many people is 
you just get used to that slip. You just get used to having to re get, get the chain back on the cog and get the, everything sorted out. And, and you just get used to that. And that just seems like that's how life is endured. But again, getting still and, and taking the time to invest in it, find a coach, find someone who you can reach out to and, um, and really get real about finding the results and living the life you want to live and, and not being an island and feeling like you're just stuck with this life is it again, it takes a little courage, but anyone who's, who's at the edge of that diving board right now, I encourage you to leap and find some help and reach out. There's plenty of people out there willing to guide you and invest in yourself. Yeah. And you can actually start with the small tasks as well. So perhaps try to manifest a, uh, a coach to show up or a teacher to show up that will then be a step closer to something that you desire or to un understand what you desire. So just sit and resonate with and understand that, you know, having someone show up to uh, teach you or to help you, that's something to start manifesting with. And once you, when you start, these things start showing up in your life, then your conscious mind is going to get in on the game as well. Because then suddenly it's like, huh, this is actually possible. This is actually working. I'm bending reality here. And then you, your conscious mind wants in on the action because now it's been proven in your mind. So therefore, it, it's totally, now it's totally a game. Because now it's not something to fear anymore. That now you can totally engage with it. So it is also part of getting all the elements of yourself in on the game and get, get going to manifest the bigger, bigger picture. But we, sometimes we have to start with the smaller things to be able to move on to the bigger things. So the, now we have moved from the get rich quick scheme that we see on Facebook or any of the other social media with the law of attraction, using law of attraction to understanding that we need to feel it, we need to be it, we need to embody it as well as to have the intention. So we need the what's and the why's and not worry about the how's. And I, in this respect, I can definitely recommend uh, uh, Mike Dooley's book, Playing the Matrix. Uh, it describes it quite beautifully. Uh, and also uh, his earlier book, Infinite Possibilities. Uh, read those two books on top of each other. They describe it very nicely as well. Um, and then sit with it and experience it for yourself and experience it within yourself. And, uh, you know, if you need a teacher, the teacher will show up when it's time and when you're ready. I think we uh, have some other suggestions here. Uh, Barbie says Matrix Warrior is also a cool book. Who wrote that, Barbie? I am not sure. Okay. But look it up. Matrix Warrior. Cool. So, yeah. It's been a, a thrilling discussion as always. And I love and enjoy that you guys show up with such vulnerability and uh, just willing to share you know your full authentic selves really appreciate it and it's, uh, it's a highlight of my week every week so 
thank you all for coming and joining in in this discussion and uh, we'll see you next week i hope this discussion has given you new insights into uh, the law of attraction and how you might be able to use it for your own purposes it certainly is an interesting paradox about being content where you are and still having desire for something to come up or for something in the future and it's uh, one of those things that certainly is challenging to us but it's part of the journey of discovery hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, if you would like to explore these topics more in detail uh, as they relate to your own personal journey and uh, how to further delve deeper into these types of manifestation techniques and so forth please do contact us uh, you can reach out to us via our website thealchemyexperience.co.uk where you can find links to reach us as well as uh, booking a 30 minute uh, free consultation with us so we hope to hear from you soon if nothing else we'll see you next time be well <laughs>